I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and a very warm welcome back. Gosh, it's been too long. It's Blighty Day Fiance. My name is Michelle and my co-host with me today is my bestie and yours, the renowned columnist, political analyst, broadcaster, writer extraordinaire um, who was just finishing up a column on um, the war in Gaza and is now uh, making a hard left turn into the reality TV arts and sciences, for which we are very grateful. Say hello, Mr. Elliot Wilson. Hello, hello. Yes, I've uh, I've put away the sort of simple matters for today, and now it's down to to really deep, uh, difficult interpersonal relationships and uh, and conflict. I think it's fair to say. Now, for those of you who are joining us for the first time or who haven't listened in a while, Elliot and I did a series on Patreon called Royalty, which we are bringing back in some way, shape, or form. So you have that to look forward to. Um, There will be a smattering of that on the Patreon, depending on what the folks in the Prince Louis tier decide. Our Patreon is back up and open. Um, just as uh, as housekeeping, for five U.S. dollars a month, you will continue to get ad-free episodes, plus a few little extras sprinkled in here and there. You will also get, so that's the, the main show, which as of now is uh, 90 Day Fiance Original Recipe, hosted by myself and my husband, him and Doors, my soulmate, light of my life, uh, Robin, and um, at the that's at the Prince George tier. The Princess Charlotte tier, you get all of the original things from the Prince George tier, plus you get a weekly bonus episode, 
which is dictated by royal edict from the Prince Louis tier, which is $15 a month, where you get to decide what the bonus episode of each week is. Um, so yeah, go on, check it out. You can try the higher tiers, I think, for free for a week and see if you like it, dip your toe in. Um, that is all the housekeeping that's fit to print. But in the, in the meanwhile, um, Elliot and I will be covering, uh, royal, um, events here and there, uh, whether it's the whisper kind that, uh, it, it hasn't reached the surface of the press or, um, whether it's the, uh, and I wish I wasn't making this up, the app that you can get to be informed of um, His Majesty's uh, cancer journey, beat it's by beat. A, it's an extraordinary thing, isn't it? I thought, by the way, as we're here, I might just um, share one thing which I shared with you uh, a couple of days ago, it being the 100th anniversary of the British Empire exhibition, which was held at Wembley in, in 1924 which was an opportunity for, for then parts of, of the empire, particularly the dominions, to, to send exhibits to, to the imperial capital in London to display their wares. And I, I was reading recently that Canada, uh, which was then the Dominion of Canada, uh, donated to this jamboree uh, a life-size statue of the then Prince of Wales, later Edward VIII, of whom we have uh, treated greatly, uh, made of butter. A life-size statue of the Prince of Wales made of butter. Now, how that's transported from Canada, I don't know. Maybe it was made on site by some artisan Canadian exile in London. But I thought that was an extraordinary way to celebrate the what really binds the empire together uh, and and keeps you know the the English speaking races uh, well, I suppose uh, greased and. Um, and, and buttered up. But yeah, I thought that was quite an extraordinary thing for the Canadians to have done. And, and we thank them for it still 100 years later. So God bless you, Canada. I, yes, that is magnificent. Um, I imagine that they weren't told <laughs> that as part of the deal, they wouldn't be taking any of those things back that they sent over. Um, one, one would hope. I mean, we perhaps should have tried to swap the actual Prince of Wales and kept the butter one. I don't know, but... Uh... I think that's a great idea. Yeah, he's oh very quiet, God. isn't he? He's gone a bit yellow, but he's very quiet. We like the quiet. Quiet <laughs> is good. I think brain power-wise, no one would have noticed. God, no. Improvement, I think, probably. All those cow enzymes. Yeah. Socially, too, probably. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this before, but... Man, that family, I don't know. I don't think one could say their sense of humor is in any way universal um, no, or was. No, that's fair, no. Um, well, I mean, we talked about that before. Yeah, I mean, George V famously, famously said, uh, I think the same exhibition, he was in front of a, a painting by Chagall, I think, somebody like that, and, and the Queen Mary, his wife, heard him shout, May, May. Come over here. This will make you laugh. And you think, yeah, that's that's a Chagall, your majesty. Don't worry about it. Um, you know. Well, little did anyone notice that um, Mary, Queen Mary's dress was a banging and a clanging 
And it's lucky that they didn't frisk anybody on the way out because there is no way Queen Klepto uh, didn't leave that exhibition with more than what she came in with. It's about she was entitled to the crown jewels, really. Otherwise, they'd have been away under the skirt for for sure. (laughs) Oh, Lord. I have missed this. I have missed you terribly. You've been such a good friend in this in these difficult times. And I'm the kind of person, y'all, if you haven't figured it out, I'm the kind of person where like when I'm in the lowest of my lows, I need people in my life to kind of check in. Um, if you have people in your life who need checking in on, today's a good reminder to do that. And I'm the same for Elliot. We're always in each other's lives, whether, you know, that's meeting in person or not, or just sending messages or weird political memes that I have to Google to understand. But anyway, we are here to talk about the latest episode of 90 Day, The Single Life. Um, so we won't go beat for beat, but I've, I've written, I've written a few moments that I think are, are worth putting in here who would you like to start with as a couple well there are there are so many um i think in some ways the simplest perhaps uh and and i don't mean that in in terms of of brain power uh necessarily i think chantelle and and yanis possibly yes no so I don't know if this is any in any official dating guidance or or manual or um, pamphlet. Insulting the local cuisine uh, and making disgusted faces while you're not even really giving it a fair shake. And I'm saying this as somebody with look, Elliot and I are both. Um, neurodiverse folk. We have textures that we don't like and textures that we can't stand. For Elliot, it's food-wise, it's anything that's green. Um, you know, that might be genetic down to his Scottishness as well. Who knows? Uh, but the point is, there's a polite way to pretend to eat something that you don't like. And this wasn't it. It really wasn't. I mean, you know, let me let me be quite clear about my position. Snails are disgusting. Uh, why anybody would want to eat them is utterly beyond me. I have eaten them. They're essentially like uh, pieces of uh, they're like they're sort of like chewing gum fried in garlic butter, uh, which essentially gives them <laughs> all of the the flavour of, of chewing gum and all of the delicious healthy consistency of, of garlic butter. So they are disgusting, and I I felt. To a degree, sorry for for Chantel, that she arrives at a festival and clearly had not grasped that snails were not just a kind of uh, option at this festival, but really the kind of theme, the, the you know the the overwhelming dominant strain of of this festival was snails. So unfortunate for her, but yeah, there are ways of saying that's unfortunate. This is not a type of food I like. I'll have to make the best of it, and there is doing the sort of um, those sort of memes of cats retching that you get on Instagram is essentially 
what she was doing when when presented with with these things and um, and I think if you're a host in someone's country particularly if if said person is somebody that you're hoping to bang on a more or less regular basis then it might be advisable to to exercise a bit of diplomacy but that that, that doesn't seem to be massively in her toolkit no i mean this is a this is a man who has shared with her how proud he is of his country, how much he loves being there, how close he is with his family, how proud he is of his cultural traditions. And, you know, she has taken interest in absolutely none of it. Um, so I'm not entirely surprised. Uh, apparently she wants to be paraded around um, like a golden fleece of some kind. Um, she wants, she wants a level of intimacy that is entirely unearned. Um, yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, and that disturbs me, but I, I'm still, I'm convinced that she was replaced by a robot a long time ago because I have never, y'all, I have been to some, terrible plays, showcases, staged readings, acting classes, improv classes, you name it. I have never seen a delivery this robotic and rebeft, <laughs> bereft, notably bereft of any um, human reaction in my life. I don't even know how to explain it, but it immediately gives me the ick. And she also has this weird sort of, uh, sort of intellectual framework, if I can put it that way, uh, which is roughly that of a 16 year old girl, which is that you go on holiday and find someone who's really fit. And you think, well, sure, fine. Um, I mean, I didn't, obviously, I, because you, you don't, if you go in places I go on holiday too, but, that's not going to be, in general, the love of your life, is is my submission to the court, my lord. Um, you, you know, you don't hear very often people using the phrase, that's funny, my husband and I also met on a Greek island when he was a footballer and I was an American tourist. It's just not a particular no, and trope. You do hear it now and then of like, oh, we met and we got married like three days later and everything was great. But no, not not often. And this is for somebody who claims to be excited about travel, the aspects of travel that she's interested in have nothing to do with expanding her worldview at all. No, no. Uh, no. Like to a shocking degree. Um. Anything seem, else on them before we move on? Just that, uh, you know, her excitement about travel appears to depend on whether people will have their shirts off and where the mercury will be. And that's fine. You know, <laughs> you know if, if that's what you want, you know, I have friends who would go on holiday round, halfway around the world for that. But it doesn't right, bespeak... Right, but she doesn't... It, it doesn't bespeak a sort of insatiable appetite for cultural expansion. No. But she's also, what she ought to be doing there, in my humble opinion, as someone who was divorced, what she ought to be doing there is having a vacation fling. You know? 
Absolutely. And, and, it's and a wasted opportunity. She should be with a different guy every night. Yeah, and, and don't pretend that one thing is, is the other. That's the thing. Be, be clear about your, your taxonomy and your categorization. Don't look at the first footballer who walks past and think, oh, no, he looks nice. I, perhaps we'll be together forever. Yeah, perhaps you I don't think this bodes very well for her because she's looking for – there are two things that are incompatible. So, I, And I've – Robin and I have spoken about this before. I think the key to – why we were able to, you know, bond and and kind of fall in love so quickly was because we were both the versions of ourselves <laughs> that we were before our before we became, you know, kind of molded around what our ex partners needed, and. Chantal is not only not yet in a stage where, because she married him very, her ex very young, but there's all these competing interests that don't, can't be resolved altogether because there's this wanting to be free and discovering who you are, which does not go well with finding a life partner, settling down and having children there's the part of her that desperately wants children yesterday, which doesn't fit in with the finding herself and her place in the world and knowing what she wants to do and what she needs in a relationship, right? And these, and there's the part of her that just needs a fucking vacation where she doesn't have to calculate every step. And none of these, oh God, I, I'm sorry. I, it's a very thin veneer, I know, but I don't care for her i never have and i never will she's not enormously sympathetic i don't think and um you, you know from from the earlier episodes it did seem as if it was being framed as that kind of vacation you know that her her shrieking friends that she came on on holiday with seemed exactly the sort of people you would go on holiday with for that kind of purpose uh, and that's fine you know greece is a long way from where i am so that's good um but it, it now seems to be turning into some kind of uh, you know uh, tristan and Isolde romantic quest or you know some search for the the, the holy grail and you think that's that's not what this is about at all no um, it isn't but, you know good luck to her maybe she will find uh, a way of engaging with Giannis, which doesn't involve snails. Um, Not a euphemism, by the way. <laughs> Doubtful. Uh, so on to somebody who I would argue, and I think wouldn't get much pushback for saying, is really the MVP of this series, which is John. Um, John, extraordinary man. Uh, John is understandably annoyed that Patrick and Thais, his brother and sister-in-law just dropped him in it with, with Megan. Um, now he is the only cast member ever to go on this show with his priorities straight and with a healthy approach there are lots of things, and these aren't like, you know, deficits of Megan's or anything like this, but committing to, to being a step-parent, a co-parent of a child with special needs, or, or any child, but particularly a child with special needs, 
is a massive commitment. And instead of selling her a version of the future, which might never happen, he's saying, let's make sure this is right before I move in, before we build a life together, before we disrupt this poor child's life. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And Megan is, in my opinion, disturbingly keen to fast track that process, which is not something I can understand or relate to. No, I mean, I I, I have a basic degree of sympathy for her in that, you know, raising a child on your own is, is presumably very difficult anyway. If that child has a, additional needs, that must but be she's even more parenting. She does have a dad. Indeed, but, indeed. Sorry to interrupt. But no, no, yeah. absolutely. But um, you know, she she obviously has to do a lot of work uh, simply to be a parent, and all parents do. Parenting is, from what I understand, really quite hard. Um, but she seems, therefore, to to think right. Well, this is this is a way to to make my life easier, but also to make my life better, and and all of that kind of stuff. And uh, John seems to me to have this wonderfully refreshing attitude of being utterly honest about who he is, what he does and and what he wants to do. But it it means he's slightly baffled when people sort of come up to him and say, Oh, you actually did mean that you, for example, live out of a suitcase. And he's well like, yeah, I I said I did. I said my suitcase was my dresser. It's my dresser. What part of it did you not understand? Um, And I, I feel a great deal of, of, empathy for him in that way and that you know he he obviously thinks well if you're just completely straight with people you won't get into any difficulties and yet people yeah. people are looking at him thinking yeah but what does he really mean and he's thinking no, no no there is no what do i really mean there's what i've said and what happens and and yet exactly there is all of this this oddness building up around him and he seems occasionally a bit frustrated which i, I get totally I I appreciate him drawing a line and creating a boundary and saying, I will not accept an ultimatum. I'm not going to accept. I don't, I don't know what he, I think when he says timeline, he means deadline because I think a timeline is a fair thing to work out or to, you know, talk about, Yeah. but deadlines and ultimatums. No, absolutely not. And I think, This is a man who I truly believe has done a lot of work on himself. I think, you know, of course, there's the standard amount of like, yeah, he may have had a delayed adolescence, but he had a terrible childhood, a very difficult childhood. You know, Um, his mother was, well, it doesn't, it's not entirely worth going into, but he's come out of it as you say, with this really a fresh, refreshing approach to relationships where he's not going to pretend to be someone he's not, he's not going to future fake, he's not going to promise the earth and then under deliver, you know, and he's also extending that to having boundaries about how he's going to be treated in a relationship. And I just think, I wish everybody uh, could take his advice because he's incredible um, in in how he conducts relationships, in my opinion. Now, I don't think, I think that there has to be a little bit of give and take here. There has to be a little compromise. Megan has to think 
clearly about what he's asking for, which is all reasonable in my opinion. It's a lot to move in with someone. It's totally different than dating someone and not living with them. There are adjustments to be made and you need time to make those adjustments. You need time to you know, figure out what his work trajectory is going to be. Any, anyway, there's any number of things. He's, they've both said it all. I think we're, we're in accord there. I think the other thing is that you know, obviously they were they were talking recently about whether he wants any more children. He was saying no, he doesn't, and she was saying so. Right. That's that's completely off. And you think, well, look, it is that's one of the very few things about which it is absolutely incontrovertibly better to be certain than to try to fudge the issue and say, well, maybe or no, we'll talk about it. No, no, no. don't talk I about know. it later. I Just know. if if you are convinced, and not everyone is, but if you have a a certain position, for God's sake, say now. Because otherwise, it's just it, it's it's avoiding a horrible conversation because you think there might be an argument and that's not a good idea. And uh, you know, and it, it may be a deal breaker or it may not, but at least be aware of it then and there, and you can make that decision as opposed to thinking, well, maybe he'll change his mind. Because the thing is, if he did change his mind, is it really for the right reason? Do you want somebody who's going to have a child with you because not not having a child is is more difficult? I mean, it's just. It's just horrendous. And also, he's allowed to change his mind. He's an adult. I I really, I have very little patience for people in general, and you and I have talked about this ad infinitum, people who, and I think it's, I think this is restricted to people who have no curiosity about the world, people who are just completely averse to nuance in any conversation. And any possibility. Like, there can't be a good person who has done a bad thing. There can't be a bad person who can be reformed. You can't make a decision later in life that you thought you might not make. You, you know, the opportunity may never arise. This is, I think it's naive. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Speaking of naive, um, I'm very much over the way that Jamal talks to Veronica. Yeah, he's she is going to do him physical violence at some point. And to be honest, I'm going to stand back and watch it. Because 
I appreciate there's an age gap. Can't remember how big it is. It's like 10 years or something. And obviously, because she's only late 30s, he's therefore considerably younger. Um, but no, you just... To the performance in, in the last episode of, you know, well, you, you can't raise your voice. You don't get to make rules like that. And you certainly don't get to, get to express them in that sanctimonious kind of what I'm just saying kind of way without a degree of pushback, which I think she gave. Um, and, you know, he's, he's, he clearly doesn't like being challenged. That's the basic no, problem. Because he never has been. He's an only child and he's, you know, raised by a single mother who is, I think, I think it's fair to say, um, occasionally on the delusional side of the bridge <laughs> between reality and uh and complete imagination. Um he sort of hits these talking points over and over again, one of which I take huge umbrage with, which is he constantly diminishes uh, Veronica or Tim's role in Veronica's life because they are a family. That's not the biological father of her child, but that's the child that's the child's parent. And that's the you know, that's the man she raised her child with. And to diminish that in any way, and I'm particularly sensitive to this as a, as a stepmom, um, I think is unforgivable. I mean, I wouldn't have seen him again after that because and it's I, not about, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I think, you know, his, his line in the most recent episode about, you know, oh, he's some, he's some guy you used to have sex with. You know, well, no, that's not really what it's about, is it? Um, as as you will understand when you grow up, if you ever do, and if you get to anything like maturity without somebody having killed you, um, then you will grasp that there are all sorts of relationships, and most of them leave a, a trail behind them of one form or another. And, you know, initially I had some some sympathy with his point that, she involves Tim in her non-parenting life in a way which is unusual. Sure. Yeah. And I, I say unusual yeah. in a perfectly neutral way because if that works for them, fine. I mean, I have my issues with Tim. I think he's quite a weird guy, but we'll, we may or may not come back to that. But that is the decision she's made. That's that's the kind of life she lives. And provided she's willing to recognize, and I think she's said more or less in terms, it's a bit odd um, she knows that. She knows it's not how everybody interacts with their ex. So he had some scope to say, look, just saying this is a bit odd. I find it difficult. But I'm going to take a little bit of time to to adjust to it. And maybe, you know, we, we both need to find different ways of, of accommodating the issue. But instead, Absolutely. it's just kind of. He also, he also has the right to challenge her on what the on where those boundaries lie. Right. Absolutely. What yeah. he doesn't, what he has no right to do and no place commenting on is Tim as a parent to Veronica's child and their co parenting relationship. I, that, Absolutely. like, that's yeah. where the line is. Yeah. I mean, and it's it's rarely a good idea to comment on anyone's parenting, whether they're the best parent in the world or the worst. But particularly if you're if you're a kind of interested onlooker, but 
you're not fully involved yourself, um, and it is at least in part people about whom you profess to care, then I think it's it's really a matter of least said, soon as mended. Uh, but that's clearly not a, a particular philosophy of life that he adopts very readily. It's not it's not the move for that generation. I I dare say. No offense to listeners of that generation. I I think you're probably much more, um, you know, astute and emotionally intelligent than Jamal is. But then, so is my French bulldog. Um, let's talk about Ruben the Cuban and Miss Debbie. Yeah, there's um, a lot going on there, isn't there? There really is. The funny, I I like screamed out loud when they're in whatever that car is that it does look like a race car. I can't say that I've seen one of those. I don't know if that's up to code. I don't know if you can legally drive those. It, it looked a bit like an aerial atom, which is is a very sort of stripped down uh, sort of lightweight thing, but I, I, I don't know. But yeah, I've, I've seen the kind and you think okay it must be enormous fun to drive um i can see that but as with any car and i say this is this may be a, a kind of uh, you know spear rather than distaff issue for 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 listeners and I, I understand that but any car you drive is giving an impression to the outside world it can be a relatively soft gentle discrete impression or it can be shouting a message from the rooftops now ruben's car is shouting message from the rooftops and i'm not saying necessarily that the message shouting is a particularly good one or one which says enormously flattering things about the size of his genitals is all i'm saying um but you know that that's his choice uh he's 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 made his tiny car and now he's sitting in it, um, and and Debbie seems to to enjoy his tiny car. Let's let's hope that that bodes well for her enjoyment of other tiny things. I don't know, um, but yeah, it, it's they're an odd pair. They're they're an odd pair because they're odd in their separate ways and they're odd together, which is the kind of trifecta of of oddness. And then of course, you know, you, you whack his parents into the. The, the mix and it's 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 even more oddness so yeah wow, his poor parents on the other hand it is good training for later on in their relationship oh, yeah, I mean, so maybe he's just getting a head start and that's i'm that being can, serious there. Yeah, the fact that he can look after you know? elderly people is 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 going to stand him in good stead if if he makes it work but um his poor um, dad just looks slightly bemused by the whole thing. It's like I, I, yeah. I'm trying to watch television, and and who's this woman? I I don't understand. Um, I think it's more who's this woman? What are these cameras in my house? My wife is in the hospital. That kind of thing. And I bet you his parents have been together for like 50 years. So it's got to be tough. Um, here's my question. Uh, and you know that central London, certain areas in particular, are lousy with... Now, y'all, if you've not been to central London, you you rarely get above 10 miles per hour. Um, 
it's basically a constant stop and start unless you're unless you're in a taxi in which you're moving marginally faster. But you can't like race around central London. But imagine, just take this journey with me. Imagine you're in Ruben's car and you go past the National Portrait Gallery. You throw your arms up in exultation and go, woo, art. Like I love, I love art and, and I want to create art and serve the muse for as long as there is breath in my body and, and blood in my flesh. But even I can't conceive of uh, my reaction to anything being woo art. No, I mean, I've, I've, been past the the British Library in a number of different conveyances over the years, and never. And you know, I'm I'm what forty six now, so you know, the, I've had a lot of time to do this. I've never shouted "woo" books at any kind of volume, <laughs> uh, whether I've been on a bus, in a taxi, in a car, walking, uh, in Have a rickshaw. I've not even thought it. Um, I occasionally think I must renew my membership. I've occasionally thought. Uh, it's really not a very pretty building, but at least it, it's better than the old one. It works and all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, but I've I've never I've never been so overwhelmed by the concept of the printed word that it's just forced its way out of my lungs in sheer exultation. Um, but maybe I'm just not expressive enough uh, for for this this modern demonstrative world. Maybe I'm I'm too old fashioned. Maybe I need to release my inner Miss Debbie, though that is a truly, truly horrible thought. I don't know. I think we can all take something for her. I mean, she certainly has life and youth and exuberance in her. And I, and I think she really does. I, I admire how much of herself she's willing to, to express and put out there. Because I think there's so there's there's so now look it doesn't always come out in the best ways but she's unapologetic in her life philosophy and i appreciate that i think she's got it right i think she has it within her you know she can't help but express herself um she wants to help others through art. She loves animals. I don't. I don't have a lot of complaints there. I, I now, have no um, doubts that she is the sort of person whom some people will find absolutely addictive company. Who will spend you know half an hour with her and say, "My God, she's so life affirming." I you know always perks up my day, week, month, whatever when I spend it. And I get that totally. Um, I just have the sense that. I would find her hard work after about ten seconds, but that's just a, a that's a that's a personality issue. It's it's a matter of of how we approach the world. Um, no, she is, she's entirely I sincere. Think, uh, I, I, I don't think doubt you that. Are, I think you are slightly triggered by her similarities to a certain family member of yours. <sighs> there may be some issues there. <laughs> there is a. There is an expressiveness and uh, a an unwillingness an to hold back. Ebullience, yes, yeah. a, a, a joie de vivre, uh, which uh, is 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 almost French nuclear test in the Pacific in its intensity. Um, 
but I, there are just you can't imagine thinking should we just go for a quiet drink, Debs? Like just quick one, you know, quick pint, um, because you, she'll have married the barman. Um, she'll be performing some kind of voodoo wedding with you know two of the customers, uh, and will then have invited you know a, a family from you know Malaysia to to come and stay with her, and it'll all be fine and it's great. And you think I'm just exhausted. I just I don't know where to start, and that that is a purely a personality thing. I don't I don't judge her as a bad person at all. I mean, there are some unpleasant people in these reality shows, and she is very far from one of them. I just see why some people would find her wearing. I get I get that I get that. I also think you're projecting, but that but that's okay. We need to have that family member of yours on the podcast, though. Because I think she'd be a riot. Uh, always open to offers, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so let's... Now, this is the root of the root and the butt of the butt, isn't it? It's Nat and... Natalie and Josh. Um, I think she's hit on some universal truths here. Uh, she says, it took me a year and a half to realize that you don't want me. Um, what did, what, how did you, what, what was your impression of this sort of denouement, which I think has been a long time coming? It, it does seem to have been a long time coming. I mean, it, it, it's, it's odd because if you treat it very superficially, you can see the whole thing as a kind of slightly stereotypical, slightly sort of uh, pat morality thing. I mean, she's the the kind of uh, very over the top, um, very enthusiastic, but broken English, slightly skullduggery ridden sort of Eastern European uh, who is wanting to pursue a spurious acting career and all that kind of stuff. And I, I think it's very easy to frame it like that, but I don't think that's what's going on, at least in its entirety. Um I, I mean, I, I I see the the weirdness of of her mum sort of lurking in the background, um, and um, this was maybe a, a reference that only British listeners will get. But she kept reminding me of the mother of the cheeky girls, uh, who were a, a a pair of Romanian ladies who had a, a brief but extraordinary and to me inexplicable pop career in about oh I guess the early two thousands. Um, who had no discernible talent except uh, uh, an apparent lack of, of shame, which will stand you in very good stead in this modern world. But they had this slightly Svengali-esque, um, very formidable-looking mother who would lurk in the background and clearly was calling the shots in a sort of Lady Macbeth kind of way. And the mum here is is giving me very similar vibes, as well as the... <sighs> I mean, it's hard to see what Natalie's mother thinks about the world, but she's she's not an innocent. She's not naive. I, I think she has very clear ideas about the world. She clearly liked Natalie's previous partner or husband a great deal, My, and, Michael, and, yeah. and he and he her. Um, but I don't know. There were flashes, particularly in the recent episodes, where I looked at Natalie and thought, you know, you've you've clearly had a a life of, of extremes and of, of commitments that maybe were made too hastily or whatever. But uh, you're, you're also 
desperately searching for some kind of, whether it's security financially or, or emotional security, and you're again and again not finding it. And it, it looks like it's wearing you down. I felt very sorry for her um, towards the end of, of, of the most recent episode. Now, I know the kind of weeping on the the curbside may have been slightly performative and and the, there was a lot of weirdness oh i don't think it is performative <laughs> i think that's it, i think in, that's in which case her. even more heartbreaking but i mean you know the, the dinner party they had recently <laughs> where she burst into this is long weird ukrainian language shakespeare performance and one of the guests quite brilliantly said afterwards well you know we, we weren't expecting that and i'm thinking well no you wouldn't be I mean, I've been to some weird dinner parties, but I've never been to a dinner party where I've thought, well, I expect what will happen is that somebody will do an impromptu performance of Shakespeare in Ukrainian. That's probably on the agenda. So, yeah, I, I think that, yeah. that was very odd. And I, I, got, I got the caution that Josh's friends were trying to instill in him. But I, I think it was it was being put across in a way which could not help but come across badly in the sense of this woman's a gold digger, she's out to use you. And nobody ever wants to hear that from their friends. Because why would you? You know what I was you know what I was thinking was edited out of that conversation was they probably said, You have to stop writing these off as business expenses. Because our business cannot take on the liability of her apartment rental and her car and all of these things, like, forget it. I don't think that it, it's interesting because to somebody who isn't Natalie, I would say you knew who this, this man has been telling you who he is from the very beginning, from the very first series of broken promises, you know, and I happen to be in agreement that not picking up the elderly mother from the airport is kind of, you know, that's really telling somebody where, where you are, where you place in their line of priority, you know, and I think that's a really shitty and rude and horrible thing to do. What makes me sad is that instead of learning from any of her past relationships and this is not a judgment it's just a statement of fact natalie is has been well she's on her third divorce and she talks about what she gave to these men and i don't doubt that in her mind she did give everything but she also took a lot and I think a lot of that taking comes from not being absolutely clear and upfront and honest about what her expectations were from the beginning. I can't speak to Ukrainian culture and what those expectations are and how much is traditionally shared and what those, I, I can't speak to that. But she had an American man who, you know, I think was probably clinically depressed for a good amount of time that they were together. All of this is encapsulated in, in one sentence. She says, I need to be with someone who will heal me. You need to heal yourself, Natalie. Um, and I'm not talking about, I, I mean, you need to go to therapy and understand what it is, what you want 
And then you can think about how to go about getting it instead of doing this thing that you've been, I think, conditioned to do by your mother, which is to find a man who will have a child with you. And now I'm worried that she's going to have this child that she co-parents with her mother, which is fine. Lots of people do that. But this, this kid does not deserve to be the answer to all of her problems. And it doesn't deserve that burden. I, I think you're right. And I, I think, I mean, there are clues that seem to me bizarre that, that she either didn't pick up or ignored. I mean, if I'd moved to someone else's country and was going out with them and in 18 months had not seen their house, I'd be asking questions. My first question would be, where's your fucking house and why haven't I seen it? Sorry, that's two questions. But I mean, Well, it's, it's, Robin... And- <laughs> Robin and I have a theory that especially because of the industry that he works in, and this is all alleged by me. I have no proof of this. It's a thought exercise. If you like, I have no basis for this. Um, But given that he runs some kind of modeling agency or, or training agency, I think he goes to parts of the Midwest, uh, becomes involved with, you know, 18, 19 year old young ladies hoping for a big break in the same way that Natalie was. And I don't think he brings any of them. I don't think he brings Natalie home because he doesn't necessarily want her to meet Candy and Sydney and Randy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Who are all crashing there. Yeah, you think so, there's a kind of diamonds are forever, I'm Bambi and I'm Thumper thing going on. Yeah, it's 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 all I, quite I think that, disgusting. Really, I think that, that <sighs> yeah, I think he has very low self esteem. I think he's attracted to women who are needy because he thinks that the only leverage he can get and the only way that he can attract a woman is to offer her something. That all these because these relationships are all transactional. Even with his ex partners, the mothers of his children, it's like, oh yeah, I pay for her to do this. Blah blah blah. It's I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm glad we had a break from Tyree uh, because that just feels like circling a particularly unpleasant drain. It's just it. it... <sighs> It's never going to to end well, is it? Um, uh, the, the, the the I mean, I, I can't remember how far actually into a what most people would understand as a relationship they got, but the the woman he met a few episodes ago, who clearly had had her own uh, you know emotional turmoil, um, who I think was 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 serving in the military, wasn't she? Um, mm-hmm. And they they both seemed like people who were desperately looking for something to help their lives improve and had identified correctly or not, probably incorrectly, that each other was that thing, um, but had banded together out of a kind of, oh, my God, let us you know, go through this, this current iteration of, of, of hell, at least uh, together rather than separately. But, I mean, when he, when he bounded, well, bounded, when he, when he approached that table of, of women a few episodes ago and, and kicked off with the 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 icebreaker that he'd had a four year relationship with a woman who turned out to be a man. You're thinking, 
mate, that God. is that is like episode four or five. That's not what you leave with on the pilot. It's really no, bad. no, because it, it 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 bears a lot of questioning and it carries a lot of. Can I just take you back one step from there? Um, and you know, honesty is good. Uh, radical honesty. I start to worry about because I start to worry about its motivation. Uh, and clearly you can't conceal well, these things. There's trauma dumping, isn't there? But yeah, that's the thing. It's like, get out of my way. I will tell you all of the bad things that have happened to me because then at least I'm done. And then you can deal with it. And you think, no, I'd rather not. Or you do agree to it because you think, okay, that's manageable. Um, but what they've left out is way more than you're willing to bargain with. What they've left out is uh, the shellfish they have inserted uh, into your sofa cushions. But that's another story yeah, for another is. day. I mean, you would you would hope that if somebody tells you that they'd had a, a years-long relationship with somebody who was not of the sex that they pretended to be, that would be the headline. You know, You would hope that they weren't burying the lead. But if it, that turns out not to be the case, then there's a whole other other world because you just thought, okay, well, I've got over that massive elephant in the room, uh, to use Atlee's term. Um, let's just hope there aren't like a couple of mammoths hiding behind the Japanese print screen. I mean, it, it's, I don't know. It's just, people are really weird. And we're weird. talking about secrets, not humans just to be very clear <laughs> very clear yes elephants in the room are not analogous to, to any people involved i'm merely using it as a, a term for things which one does not acknowledge uh but which turn out to be <laughs> of considerable importance um speaking of which i saw and this is just to to sort of trail us out because i think we've we've more than covered the show um have you noticed, and this was brought to my attention on TikTok, because, of course, um, Rishi Sunak, our, our current and hopefully soon-to-be former prime minister, uh, has a habit of just hitting these talking points in a very graceless way in every interview he's ever done. Like I, I just watched an interview where he said about every time, every 10 seconds, of course, I want to put them on planes. I want to get them on planes. And then someone's like, oh, um, what's your uh, outlook on the war in Gaza? Well, I hope we can put them on planes. Maybe we can, I don't know, maybe he wants to send the population of Gaza to Rwanda. I mean, I, I gather they're recruiting. I don't know. It's it, he He's like a relatively early AI version of a, <laughs> a kind of modern, globalized, successful, relatable leader. But it's very early AI. It's not particularly good. So they they picked up that you know, given the, the given the demographics of modern Britain, the fact that he's his his parents are are immigrants. Um, but interestingly, and very briefly, not unusually in the Conservative Party, is his parents are 
from East Africa and his grandparents are from, from India. So they've come sort of via a second step in the same way that um, a couple of other senior conservative politicians, uh, Priti Patel's uh, grandparents were Indian, but her parents were from Uganda. Uh, it, it, it's, it's a weird kind of sort of double step, if you like. It's, it's not straight from the original um, source of, of, of ethnicity, but I, I digress. But so they've got that bit of it in the AI. They've got that he went to uh, a very, very posh school as a scholarship boy. They've got that, that he was head boy. And my God, you can tell. Um, they've they've got that he went to Oxford. That's great. He then got an MBA at Stanford. Great. So that's that kind of you know managerial Americanism thing inserted there. Then he was you know he was an analyst at Goldman Sachs. You know, you can see on paper how this AI machine has built him as a politician, yeah. no, and I yet totally it's just not worked in any recognizable no. sense. And he 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 just doesn't. He has no warmth or rapport with people, as far as I can see. I mean, I, I've you know I've, I've not met him in any detail, but um, uh, you know when <laughs> when he goes to his constituency, which is in, in the north of Yorkshire and is is very affluent, uh, mainly sort of well-to-do farmers. Um, but it is only fair to point out massively, massively monocultural. Um, I mean, the last seriously, the last major influx of, of migration into North Yorkshire was was the Normans in the 11th century. Um, I mean, there's just not been anything since then. Um, you know, Richmond is like 96 percent white, something like that. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, he pretty he and Akshata must be the, the ethnic minorities. Um, largely, he t- he tells the story himself of of going round as a candidate with William Hague, who was his predecessor as, as MP. And one of the farmers was saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, really liked Hague. Um, this this new fellow looks all right. He's got a better tan than Hague, though." And you think, <laughs> "Yeah, that'll be the racism." Hello, um, but yeah. he he went to he went to North Yorkshire already talking about immigration. You know, he was he was talking about immigration being a major factor facing Britain when he was still a candidate in 2015. And surely people in Richmond, Yorkshire, must have looked at him and thought, we don't know what you're talking about. We don't have any immigrants here. Look around us. I mean, there's, there's so-and-so who's maybe come from the West Riding of Yorkshire. We're a bit suspicious because his family only came here 400 years ago. Um, but it, it's just a weird obsession. But no, uh, uh, he's he is everything about the individual components of his background many of which are not good and i say that because i'm not oh. wild about people from winchester elliot tell them where to find you uh well probably the easiest stepping off point is is twitter or x as we must now definitely not call it um where i'm at elliot wilson 2 e-l-i-o-t-w-i-l-s-o-n 2 uh, and from there you will find a, a gateway to a, a gallimore free of content i think it's fair to say let us know any questions you have about british politics uh let's try and keep it to a basic level so that i can keep up or um or any advanced questions about the british royals because that is what royalty is all about. Um, thank you so much, Elliot. I could talk to you forever and you know this. Um, thanks to all of you for listening, especially our new patrons. Thanks to Cousin Dan for producing the show and Eliza for being our our loyal uh, VA. We love you all and we are so excited to be back. And with that, we will... See you soon. See you next time. Cheerio. Bye.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com, code GLOW. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.